Welcome to Integrative Nurse Coaches in Action, the podcast where nurses, healthcare professionals, and consumers come to hear from inspirational nurse leaders in health and wellness coaching. We cover the latest innovations, ideas, and breakthroughs from nurses who are shifting the paradigm of disease care to healthcare through the art and science of integrative nurse coaching. The realization that each of us has experienced and endured scarring to our souls gives us the ability to connect with each human we encounter on a deep level if we open ourselves up to it. And now COVID has amplified grief and loss affecting our own and our community's mental wellness on a personal and systemic level. It is so vital that we take care of the person on our right and on our left and address our own mental wellness and the mental wellness of those we care for. John Huailinos joins us for a candid chat over his lunch break from a busy Brooklyn hospital for some very insightful and energizing stories from his life and his work. He shares how he is using his skills as a board-certified health and wellness nurse coach and holistic nurse to engage patients and his community to enhance their mental health. John Huailinos is a board-certified integrative nurse coach and board-certified holistic nurse. He is the manager of collaborative care in a Brooklyn City hospital, where he is an advocate for depression, anxiety, substance use disorder, and grief bereavement. He uses in-person, televisits, telehealth video, and group sessions to address his community's needs. He is also a retired military veteran of 21 years and is now serving in the Army Reserve. Before we get to the podcast, let's take three deep breaths in and out together. One. Two. Three. Now we're ready. Welcome everyone to Integrative Nurse Coaches in Action. My name is Nicole Vieno. I am a board certified integrative nurse coach, and I'm also the host of this program. And today we are welcoming John Huailinos, all the way from Brooklyn, New York. John is a registered nurse in a Brooklyn City hospital. He's a board-certified holistic nurse and board-certified nurse coach. He has been in the military for 21 years and is now a reservist. And I am so excited to speak with John today. I know that you are all just going to soak up all the positive energy and love that John brings to us today. So welcome, John. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. It's a pleasure and thank you for having me with you. Well, I'm thrilled to have you with us today. And we always love to take a little historical dive back in our lives to just hear a little bit about your story about how you discovered nursing. So how I discovered nursing. My mom, my mother is a registered, retired registered nurse and kind of followed in her footsteps. Uh, grew up in an Hispanic family household, single mom, and she worked hard and she played hard. Uh, she took vacations twice a year. For her, now that I'm thinking about it, self-care to recharge her battery 
And when she came back, she continued uh, taking care of the family. Growing up, Catholic household, and life along the way. Uh, went to college, had fun, didn't realize how important education and learning was, although my mother instilled that all the time through her examples. Learned through life's bumps and bruises. And then um, I decided to get my stuff together. Within the military, we use other terminology. What do I want to do in life? I uh, decided to hunker down and just decided um, I didn't know what a GPA was. And that was my doing, uh, having too much fun. And then I realized, what am I going to do? Then decided to go for, during that time, I worked my way up in a uh, nursing home facility within, uh, as a housekeeper. And I started talking to the elderly people. I looked at them and had a lot of years of experience. And I used to question life, have the intuition of, of observations of, of other people and interacting with others. And I guess I developed those skills with um, being very personable and just uh, chit-chatting with individuals. And I think that's where I think my inquiry started, where observing some people were happy and some people weren't happy and questioning why. A lot of my answers in life, I grew up, um, mom was very dedicated and dad was, was in the picture. And, but um, mostly from friends, some good, not so good. Then I decided, you know what? Education is the key. Went into nursing, had to build up what I found out was a GPA, very important. And then I graduated into nursing in 1996. And then uh, I worked in a nursing home, same place where I worked in housekeeping. And that was a big transition because now from a lay person to a professional, and I was given the opportunity to read a lot of policy and procedures, and they stuck in my head. So when things uh, needed to be adjusted, I remembered that we had to follow policy and procedure in servicing. Four years later, I joined the military. I wanted to serve my country in 2001. And then September 11th happened two months later. And then uh, I was in the Army Reservist and then I had the birth of my child, a daughter. 13 months later, I was activated to go overseas. During that time, it was very, 2005, it was a very um, trying situation with the United States and abroad. I didn't know if I was going to come back. At that time, I was transitioning to a hospital setting, worked in a surgical step-down unit told my coworkers and they looked at me as if that was it. I had maybe stage four cancer and was I gonna come back? Functioned as an army nurse overseas in an austere environment and came back. My daughter was three and a half years old. And I remember that during that time I used the camera. So she only knew me through video and she was the only one that grounded me, her innocence. But I came back a changed person, as military people do when they come from overseas. And that insight, looking back, is how I connect with military personnel or people that have gone through trauma, where they have their, I guess, scarring of their souls, and you lose that innocence and come back a different individual. Came back with my, um, my team, and we all understood each other, but we were the only ones. 
my work, other people, my spouse at the time didn't understand and I didn't know how to relate. And during that time, mental wellness was maybe, uh, it was addressed, not addressed so well, um, just like anything new. And me as a healthcare provider, I just wanted to come home. So everything was fine. Everything's okay until the after effects later on. Buried myself into work in the surgical ICU and then took on another location, private hospital, ER, level one trauma. Took on um, uh, working for a health uh, wound care agency and just buried myself with work, not realizing that I was not connected or so connected with family, what mattered the most. And now I teach my patients Change happens when you do it gradually on your terms, little by little. But change happens when you hit a wall. Life is upside down and you're forced to make those changes. Two more daughters were born. I was blessed with two more daughters. Continued on with my work. And family was there, but I was just buried in work until one day my wall hit. I had a sudden death of my spouse. Daughters were five years old, two years old, and two months. Stopped the military. Stopped work as a nurse in two jobs, three jobs, and just hunkered down. My intuitions as a nurse and, and as a veteran to just do what needs to be done in front of you and taking care of now with what's most important to me. Everything else didn't matter. I had the support of family and friends, but just like all of us, when hardships comes, there's so much support that we can receive. But my inner strength, I've connected within myself to listen to my inner voice and listen to my choices and what's right for me because everyone has an opinion. And I've learned an opinion could be right or could be not correct with you. But to follow your intuitions and that's what will guide you, listening to your inner, inner voice, inner messaging, just how to listen within yourself amongst the storm on the outside. My city job continued it with it. Uh, six months, I think, I was out. And then it was time to come back. It was insurance was going to, the sick days was going to finish. Everybody's very supportive. And I came back and switched on to day shift. I, I worked PM Flex. Not good for the diet, not good for sleep, not good for weight, not good for stress management. And I realized that my children were my priority, my three girls. And I realized what it is to take care of the house, to take care of your, your children, what it was. So I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a male to be the other aspect of the caregiver as a, the majority is female. That's a lot of work. And I came back as a humongous, big advocate with telling the male populations that were, if they had their partners female to, Give your partner support. Give them their time. Spend time with their children. Get to know the children. I became a Mr. Mom. Before my wife had passed away, I found out what paternity leave was, and I took paternity leave, and I was there for the birth of my daughters. And I'm happy because I guess it was a prelude to what was to come. I always say things happen for reasons in life. Got into nursing. Got into uh, ICU and then that, my priority was still my children. Was offered interventional radiology, excellent department, all, all 
All my nursing departments, the hospitals were very, very conducive to their support of me and my situation. But I still needed my priority where were my, my girls. Then I was offered this program that I'm in currently in 2015 called Collaborative Care Depression Program. And I was given insight where within the ambulatory care setting, you provide medical care, but you also screen for depression and anxiety. Depression tool using PHQ-9 and the GAD-7, which is the anxiety, the general anxiety depression tool screening. How you've been feeling the last two weeks? And I was amazed how you can take care of your mental, address your mental distress in a medical care setting all at the same time. Because there's always been a stigma if something's wrong with you, you'll go there, take this referral, and you go get help somewhere else, elsewhere. And it was very separated versus being in one-stop shopping with this program. So right away, I joined the program. and said, this is great. Monday through Friday, flexibility. Um, again, thinking of my children, being there for them after work with their activities, and home on the weekends. But I could not relate to individual stories. How do you open the door of people that refer to you or refer to us with depressive mood and anxiety during their mental stress? Meaning, how do I, am I aware of how do I feel and then put that in one place and then address their needs? So my interview style was like a thesis interview and until we had a nurse coach from central office. She had some credentials behind her name. So I guess my curiosity, as always, I Googled it. And I found out what a nurse coach was. And I was very curious to amplify my skills that I, I knew I needed. And then I found, I found Inca. I was enrolled in cohort 17. I was mentored by Ms. Barbara Dawson. And may she rest in peace, Miss Susan Luck. And that was my turning point as a nurse, as a professional nurse to amplify the insight within myself first, and then how to be insightful and mirror other people's stories during their time of distress and how to provide a safe place for a conducive environment to see and hear their scarred souls and to start their healing process when they're ready. Because it's a voluntary program and everything is given back to them to empower them. It's not me anymore, take this pill, I'm gonna give you this, I'm telling you what to do, I'm the nurse, you have to follow these orders. Now it's more, how can we work as a team where you are the driver of your story today, now? And what do you want to do? Your change is step by step, or you can come back later, but things within you still build up. And nobody knows, not even oneself. It's how can I engage the individual and foster that change? but recognize what I'm feeling. Because in the beginning, there was burnout. And we have a team of uh, three nurses and we were, we were excellent. We, were, we just bounced off each other and it was a building program in the city hospitals. And our program had, had nurses. We were a great, we are a great team. 
that's how we did. We addressed burnouts because we um, told each other stories and what you did and how you helped them out. We're led by a psychiatrist and we have meetings with the senior internist to do chart reviews. So how does their mental wellness or their depressive state, the elevated depressive state or anxiety affect their medical management or their comorbidities or their um, hypertension, diabetes, um, uh, their eating habits, if they come with uh, trauma from their past, if they're using now substance use as a way of coping. And now COVID has just amplified the grief and bereavement loss, which affects your mental wellness. So I have been fortunate to expand the program and be a pro-advocate very strong with now we are depression slash anxiety slash mild substance use disorder slash grief and bereavement program. Anyone who comes to us, doesn't matter their race, religion, sexual orientation, legal status, what matters is one soul touching another soul. And that's how I related to my patients and my clients. And with that, they just feel like, wow, I've never gotten that. We do a telephone telephone sessions, in-person sessions. We do, we do group sessions with problem-solving techniques with our populations of English group, Spanish group, men's group, women's group, LGBT group. And then during COVID, we got the okay from New York State Office of Mental Health to go telehealth video sessions. And it just amplified our program where our metrics speaks, speak for themselves. Patients' engagements, patient improvements, and a continual ongoing uh, education with, with ourselves, with our staff, and just highlighting what services we offer. To others and nurse coaching has just wow has made me who I am today has is has been my therapy I share within the military uh, my insight um, with drug awareness um, with suicide interventions prevention participate in the American League where we have other veterans in our local armory here in Brooklyn been invited to speak on uh, during Mental Healthness, Health Wellness Month to some graduate program for students and also um, younger students. And it's been very insightful. When you teach something and then the feedback, what they give to you is amazing. Because I get to reach out and touch their soul and also that same safe space. And they just open up and just ask so many questions. and builds on my skill to ad- adapt versus control on the fly. And that's, that's the issue a lot of individuals verbalize. I can't control this. I can't control that. And I've learned life is not about control. Life, I, I, I use the, the rigid tree in the storm. What happens? And just giving that back to them, open dialogue, and they verbalize, of course, in the storm, the rigid tree of fall versus a palm tree that would sway back and forth. A lot of little stories I use um, to help relate messages. And that's just being insightful and treating each individual as an individual versus 
well, this is what I got to do. And you're here in front of me and I got to get through this. And I completed what I had to do. Thank you. Have a nice day. Everything is how you feel. What's your connection now that you feel within yourself that I don't have to ask you. You just, how do you feel within yourself with our session? Uh, if it makes a connection with you, then you see if you want to go further or not. What an incredible life journey you have had so far, John. Yes. <laughs> yes. Life is life is great. <laughs> well, I imagine you as a young, as a youngster, a youngster. <laughs> Your mom, such a positive influence on you and a role model for you, role modeling self care and taking care of the family and. Then you went to college and you're like, okay, I'm just going to have fun. <laughs> I don't even know what a GPA is. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I didn't really know that either. <laughs> and then working in an, an elderly home as a housekeeper and then realizing that you enjoyed the conversation and the curiosity and learning and observing from people who had so much history to share with you. And then that curiosity led you into more discovery about yourself and realizing that education would be an important investment in yourself. Um, then you went into nursing school. Yay! <laughs> became yes, an amazing yes. nurse. It became an amazing nurse. Also went into the military, experienced 9-11 before that or during that. Is that during that around there? I went into the military, then 9-11 occurred. Yes. And then having to be deployed overseas shortly after your first child was born. And then all of that, that you really touched on about the scarring of your soul during that time and how it relates now because of those experiences and recognizing that others, of course, have scarred souls as well. But that interconnectedness that we have and can share with each other really opens up the space for the safe relationships and the safe um, interactions that we have. You also mentioned a deep loss of, of your wife. And I know our listeners would love to know her name. Her name is Marianne Daisy. Marianne Daisy. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for sharing her with us too. And then you realized you buried yourself in your work. Didn't know it at the time. And I know that speaks to a lot of nurses here who are listening. Yes. What's very important is um, I buried my feelings during my, my spouse's, well, during, her, during the sudden loss. But at the same time, I, I was grateful because I had my three daughters. Later on, I knew I had to build, rebuild within myself. I had a lot of crazy advices, go and rebuild your life and do it somewhere else and let somebody else, you know, just be disconnected with the girls. And I was like, no, that's not how it's going to be. So I, was, I became a very fierce Mr. Mom, protective. Now I met my, my wife now, who was also an advocate of, you're not working those hours anymore. You're not working all those jobs anymore. You're not working the nighttime anymore. You're going to be in daytime. <laughs> and if you're going to be married, I need a spouse with me. 
uh, and she was absolutely correct. And I got to see a different, a different culture, a different self-care with the adults now. I'm from a Hispanic background. Everybody's we, you get married, you meet, you get married, you work hard, you work hard, you work hard, you work hard. And then somehow the norm was the relationship gets more further away. Versus my wife now, her name is Ala. She's European. And I've, I've seen that they have their time together and can eat, can have fun. And I'm always questioning where are the children? The children are alive. The children are being taken care of. And I was like, okay, there's, there's, there's a better life before I became a nurse coach. And now a word from our sponsor. The Integrative Nurse Coach Academy offers nurses innovative approaches to re-energize and expand your nursing practice with new skills and tools that focus on lifestyle, health, and well-being. As an integrative nurse coach, you will confidently promote wellness and resiliency by guiding your clients, patients, and communities to deepen their connections to inner healing resources and expand their capacities to make meaningful choices for healthy lifestyle change. Plus, you'll learn critical self-care tools to actively take care of your own health and well-being on the journey. Join the global Integrative Nurse Coach Academy community and rediscover your passion for nursing in the online Integrative Nurse Coach Certificate Program. Learn more about our programs at inursecoach.com and when you register for the Integrative Nurse Coach Certificate Program, Be sure to use the code ACTION to get $100 off the part one and two bundle. Now, back to the podcast. So just these uh, analysis of people's interactions and and different cultures. She was was another big step. And then I was blessed with my fourth daughter. Girls, Girls are the best. Girls rule. Girls are the strongest sex. I, yeah. I said it in public. Yes, Woo-hoo! absolutely. <laughs> Go girls. <laughs> um, uh, yes, very much. And we have, a, we, us, us, us men, male, have a lot to learn. It's okay to, to make mistakes. But now what do you do with that new knowledge? You know, so. Right. Yes, it is okay to make mistakes. I think that's how we, we definitely grow if we're, we're willing to acknowledge the learnings from them, right? <laughs> Do you, you know, before, before I became, before I was in the program, before uh, I became a nurse coach, I, I was not that. I was very alpha, very gung-ho, very work, 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 and I don't have time for this discussion, this talking, this let's make myself vulnerable and just, you know, open up my heart. And in the military, there is no such thing as that. So, but now that I'm on the other aspect and learning and, and hit my wall and seeing that there's what's important in life, I guess once you've, you've been on the other side, then you value what you have now. I believe others that have not had a personal loss or experience or see things on that on some further away on a tube says, no, that's happening over here. That's not happening here. But once it hit home, it hits home. And COVID has just amplified that so much with everyone. Depressive mood, anxious mood, life and death situations, uncertainty, burnout. There is no time. How do I take care of myself? 
the uncertainty, my program has just blew up into worldwide. So now more than ever, how do we, how do we first recognize the calm within, within us? And what do we do about it? Like we did a little self-care breathing session before our session today, which is good, mm-hmm. uh, which was, was fantastic because we need continuous reminders, little nudges, little let's take care of each other. And I always say that. How can we take care of each other? Because we recognize other people, but they're, I would say, we're all in our own hamster wheel. We're on, we on auto mode, and it's, it's hard to disengage. And sometimes we need somebody, you know what, come, come with me. I have an emergency and come and then I sneak you into this wellness room that our hospital have. And then there's like, wow, this place exists and it smells good. And we have self-care treats and wow, it's, it's good. It's good to take care of each other. It's great. I love that. Yeah. Let's take care of each other. And I, I also appreciated what you said. Sometimes you need a reminder and someone else can be your reminder to take care of yourself, yes, and to take care of one another. I love that. Thank you for bringing that up. Thank you. So this uh, collaborative care center that you have, you mentioned quite a bit about it. And this sounds like a very unique program in Brooklyn. But you also mentioned you went to telehealth and then it expanded and now it's more worldwide. So tell us more about that. What what what, what you do and what you see. So initially our program was was in person, uh, the initial contacts, and we did telephone follow-ups. We're on the Office of Mental Health and all of it is is documentations and is how can we engage the patients, first of all, in the screening of the patient line and guide per visit. And also work on smart goal planning with using behavioral activations, uh, motivational interviewing. We do uh, problem solving. We do uh, cognitive behavioral um, therapy. All these are our tools that I, I've used with our, with our patient. Monitor their follow-ups. Um, if the initial phase is like, I call the PHQ-9 and the GAD. The PHQ-9 is your mental blood pressure. And the GAD is your emotional pulse. So if you, you know, your mental blood pressure is elevated or your emotional pulse is, is, is elevated, those are warning signs. What do you do with those warning signs? I relate it to having a high blood pressure. If your blood pressure keeps creeping or you have a family history of it, if your lifestyle is not well, if your diet is not well, the blood pressure is going to start creeping up. Until it is not attended to, you can have a hypertensive crisis. Diabetes, if you don't manage your stress, if you don't manage your diet, if you don't balance those things, um, stress release, weight management, you're going to wind up in a diabetic coma and emergency room. With your depression and anxiety, all those signs and symptoms of how you've been feeling the last two weeks, if they're not managed, if you're not seeing how does that relate my eating habits, my feelings of guilt, my worrisome, my feeling uh, annoyed or irritable, um, not able to control, um, uh, worrying too much about different things, eating too much, eating too poorly, not sleeping, cannot sleep, oversleeping, disengaged um, from pleasurable activities, moving slower than usual, or feeling re- restlessness up until all those 
indicators keep elevating and unchecked leads to, you know what, there's no other way out but to check out. And it doesn't matter what I have or what I'm aspiring for. I don't see anything else but my problems, my failures, my lack of coping, my avalanche of circumstances within me, my life. And that leads to mental 911, which is suicidal ideations. So I have been a strong advocate in this screening um, every visit, just like a blood pressure. This is your mental vital signs. This is how we check ourselves because I could be good today and tomorrow. I go home, something happens, and my world's upside down tomorrow. All these issues that I've had from my past, I haven't been dealing with stuff and everything, could be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Nobody knows. Mm. Everything is good. Everything is fine. And I'm just planning. I'm just planning for, I'm not going to be here more anymore and I'm not going to suffer. So I've actively engaged um, in assisting others towards their safety. When they verbalize this, uh, within our program, we have addressed this. We have policy and procedures and the team knows and the medical team is aware of it and they know and we have implemented that. Knock on wood, we are holding strong because we're strong advocates of mental illness and how can we advocate from towards mental wellness that includes everything mind body and soul so our program yeah expanded into group sessions uh we were asked if we can do a pilot program like nurses doing group sessions isn't that for social workers or psychologists i you know i i was that type of i was that person but i was shown and then we did in the military we say you know we uh left seat right seat we train I'll show you, you watch me, and then you do it, and I watch you. And that's how we support each other for that train the trainer. Yes, and we just took with it, and we kept going, and I'm like, how, what else can we do? I, I, was, I was so hungry, so hungry. How, how can I make a change? How can I adapt, adapt to what's going on? How can I make it better or have so many various skills to offer the patient? Because everybody's an individual. Everybody learns differently. Some people are readers, some people are visual, some people are tactile. And that's the uniqueness of all of us. Well, I always say, well, snowflakes. And then during COVID, we just amplified and, and we did video. We got the okay from our central office, collaborative care and their support and their um, IT department. And then we just connected and then just, it's a matter of you're giving the tools now, now what are you going to do with it? And we implemented it. And we continued it. And that benefits the, our patients, the program, the hospital. It benefited me to show that I can make a difference in this world. And I guess that comes down to when we're born, we live, and then we go. When we go, we don't know, but how can we make a difference in this world while we're here? And foster that growth within others. Yes. Yes, and feel that deep satisfaction, deep satisfaction for each other as we take care of each other, and then deep satisfaction for self as well. 
and honoring self and our needs and what speaks to us and calls to us. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit more about collaborative care. And in our last few minutes here, I always love to just open it up and ask this question. Speaking from your heart, what would you like our listeners to know? Speaking from my heart, it is amazing and an honor to recognize how you feel inside. Our listeners that are majority nurses or other, other, other individuals who are listening to get in touch and how do you calm, how do you, how I can calm myself? How can I be mindful of how I'm feeling and practice self-care now? And when I practice self-care now, then I can, I'm able to function at what needs to be done today. And this awareness has been fostered since I became a nurse coach, holistic nurse coach and, and our anchor family. I remember being in, in, our, in my cohort at the time when it was, and it was in person and the amazing individuals, nurses from all across the United States with so much various backgrounds and just learning those techniques for myself first. I couldn't meditate. I had monkey brain. My mind was everywhere. And then others brought other skills with yoga to calm the body. And then when it was time to meditate, I was so relaxed. So I can count my breaths in 10, 15. And then I had a moment of pause where I'm like, okay, when am I going to let go of this breath? I was so relaxed. And then I, I exhaled and I, was, I realized how much it was to calm myself first and then I can be present for someone else. And I attributed who I am today because of me seeking new knowledge within Inca and just finished within Inca cannabis certification. And another has just amplified my knowledge on how I can relate with, with patients that use substance. I use now we're in a realm of marijuana, legal, not legal, okay, not okay, stigma, present, um, myself in the military. And I have just another broad tool case on how I can relate and talk to individuals and they don't feel shame and everything is normalized and everything is okay. And I can recognize that restlessness within others and come to them and say, you know what, thank you for you. And offering a handshake, the touch, therapeutic touch. And just that the appreciation goes a tremendous way versus avoidance, versus becoming impulsive. But thinking, I guess, rationale within my soul and how I can outreach another soul, problem solving. And people call it problem, I call them situation. It's a kind of word. It's a neutral word. I love that. It's a situation. <laughs> yes, it's a situation. Yeah, it's, a situation. Yeah, it's workable. Yeah. It's workable. We can adapt. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes, 100%. Yes. <laughs> oh, wonderful. So, John, if people would like to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Wow, I started late in this technology and this. I am on LinkedIn. And I try to offer support. I 
Some people say, can you speak via Zoom? Can you, uh, can you be a guest speaker? I use my lunch break because I have responsibilities and I just want to honor those responsibilities. And I use my lunch break to take time to connect with others because I know we're in t- different time zones. Um, and to take care of my responsibilities for, for, for my civilian work, for my military uh, responsibilities. Um, the wife still needs husband to function as a spouse and father. And that is priority. And then I always say happy wife, happy life. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, that is, that is key always. And I have to remember that. And she, she reminds me and, uh, and that's okay. Happy wife, happy life. Happy wife, happy life. And in regards to communicating with me, I'm open to suggestions. I guess we all don't know everything and we reach out to those that know and um, how to build. Well, wonderful. Well, well, we'll definitely share your LinkedIn profile so people can catch you there. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today, John. One of my biggest takeaways from today is take care of each other. Yes. In today's world, it's, it's vital we take care of the, the person on your left, the person on your right, and the ones that matter the most. Um, when you connect with what matters the most, life is, I've learned life is, is more rewarding. My self-care, um, self-care is, is everybody. What makes you happy? What recharges your soul? Jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, uh, karate with my girls. That is my stress release. Um, that's my go-to. That is my Zen place. That is just to, just to improve on my, my mind, my mind, body, and soul. And just individuals connect with what makes you happy, connect with what makes you laugh, connect with what you used to do as a child, journaling, coloring, singing, dancing, nature being outside, whatever it is, connect every day. When you practice those things each and every day, you recharge your inner, your inner battery, your inner soul, and then you have all the energy in the world to take care of the rest of what the day requires. Beautiful. Take care of yourself first, and then have space and time to take care of each other. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being a guest today, John. You brought us so much wisdom and so much, so much thought around how we can uh, reduce the stigma of mental health and also to really care for ourselves. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you for this. This has been a tremendous honor. And I'm happy to connect with others through this forum. Take care all. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for your generous time and support of our inspiring Integrative Nurse Coaches in Action. Please share this episode with a colleague, leave us a five-star review, and follow us on social media. We look forward to keeping in touch with you. Remember to breathe and to rest.